0: One, two, three,
1: four. I clearly wasn't getting what I wanted out of being in Montreal, going to college there. And so I moved back to LA and now looking back, it's crazy that what I kind of made as my own major psych with a specialization in consumer behavior, that is now exactly kind of what I'm doing in advertising and now art direction. I took a break from college and that was a really hard thing to do, especially coming from, my family was a very academically driven family. And so it was something that I felt like the, not the problem child, but you know, it's hard, it's hard. You're giving up what you think is going to be the, how you're going to get to that next step.
0: I'm joined by the amazing Maddie Labor, yet another dance friend. If you're a long-time listener, you know that I can't shut up about my dance days. Um, Maddie and I danced together for several years back in the day. She's now doing amazing things. Um, she's a producer and creative, currently working in art direction for Apple. She has six years of international production experience with work ranging from direct response ads to a 10-episode series on Amazon Prime. Maddie was born in the US, and then she kind of lived all over in Canada, and then we met in Vancouver. Vancouver. Um, but now she's back in LA working and living there. Um, completely wild. Her journey's been amazing. It's been so great to like follow along from the sidelines. Um, I know a lot of my listeners are interested in like the producing entertainment scene. I know that I am. So I'm just really excited to get into your journey and like for your listeners to hear more about your story. So thanks for coming on.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So I usually like to go on before, you know, you got to where you're at today, maybe just give your listeners a little bit of your childhood. You were born in States, but then living in Vancouver, how was that like for you and that transition and all that?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, So I always, I joked when I was single that this was like a two drink question because you really had to commit to wanting to get to know me. It's a little complicated. Um, I was born in Dallas and my dad's work brought us to Toronto and then eventually Vancouver when I was two. And so grew up in Vancouver, did K through 12 at the same school. And yeah, just really loved it. Spent all of my time like skiing on the weekends um, and then eventually found figure skating, which then led to dance and competed with you and your lovely sister. Yeah. Just always loved Vancouver as a place to call home growing up. Now, of course, LA is my home and my family actually all lives in Southern California now. So LA really has become home, but, uh, definitely miss Vancouver.
0: Amazing. So how was your college experience? I think you went to, to Concordia. So um, do you mind kind of talking a bit about that and like what you studied and was that whatever you studied, was it something that you'd be interested in pursuing as a career?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think I can I can speak for a lot of people who do something very uh, intensely, almost like a career in high school. So for me, that was dance. And I never really looked at college. My older siblings were both really strong academically, went to great schools in the US and I never really had, I loved learning, but I never had a draw to college. It felt like something that I had to do, not something that I really wanted to do or why I wanted to do. It wasn't for the right reason. So I was lucky. I got into a specialization psych uh, bachelor's program at Concordia and I loved psychology and I was able to start taking some courses in consumer behavior as well. And I was at Concordia for a, just under two years. And I, to get candid, just was not in a good place. Mentally, physically, I just didn't feel like I was healthy. And so my family and I, we just decided I was already visiting LA for all of my breaks at that point. So we just decided to give me a semester, rethink what I was doing. I loved what I was studying, but I clearly wasn't getting what I wanted out of being in Montreal, going to college there. And so I moved back to LA and now looking back, it's crazy that what I kind of made as my own major psych with a specialization in consumer behavior, that is now exactly kind of what I'm doing in advertising and now art direction. But yeah, I I took a break from college and that was a really hard thing to do, especially coming from my family was a very academically driven family. Both my parents did further education. And so it was something that I felt like the the problem child but you know it's hard it's hard you're giving up what you think is going to be the how you're going to get to that next step and so i think the whole point of this podcast is to talk about what if you don't know what that next step is and i spent a couple of years really not knowing what that next step was and it took a lot of a lot of trial and error and a lot of ups and downs and now i wouldn't change it for the world but there were definitely points where i was like what am
0: i doing happening.
1: So yes, yes. Definitely not a linear
0: path. Totally. Did you, who did you talk to about this? Did you have any mentors, counselor, therapist, or people in your life that you could kind of, you know, open up about this like unknown kind of area that you were in? Not
1: really. And I think that that's something that I've now learned is one of my strengths is that I can handle a lot and I'm pretty independent in how I work. I can I really like to figure things out on my own. Now looking back, I realized that that was my that was my problem back then. Is I didn't want anyone to know that I was going through thoughts that were I wasn't nice to myself. I didn't want anyone to know that I was developing anxiety. Like I I didn't want anyone to know that. And so it was a lot of self reflection. I had an amazing um, doctor that I was speaking with here, who she was more focused on why do you have the problem rather than let's just fix the problem. And so not really a mentor. It it took a lot of, it just took a lot of self-work. And I think just learning to finally be honest with yourself about, okay, I'm struggling. Maybe you haven't even hit bottom, but acknowledging that it's not getting better. So let's look at why it's not getting better. And that took a, that took a while. So yeah, did that answer the question? So no, it did. It did. No, fully. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So
0: when you, do you remember the moment where you were like, I want to get back into like the swing of things or how did you kind of find your path of, you know, that creative role?
1: So my path to where I am at now mm-hmm. feels crazy because it started in retail. So I was working, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I was just thinking, okay, how does a 20 year old living in LA make friends with people our own age. And I went into this store that was in my city at the time, Manhattan beach. And I was like, Oh, love the clothes here. See that everyone is around my age working. Maybe I'll just get a job here. And so that really gave me the tools to kind of get back into a more structured work schedule, meeting a bunch of people working with like a select clientele list. And that kind of got me back into the swing of things to be like, Oh, I'm a capable human. I just maybe am not capable at school right now, but I can do things. And that just led to me then going to Aritzia, uh, Aritzia opening their first store in LA. I got recruited by them. And so I helped to open their first store in LA and then I was kind of a lead for their uh, public relations department because that was all based in New York. And so I took a really big interest to that. Every like YouTuber, celebrity, like every person that came into Aritzia, I would be the first to recognize and the first to be like, Hey, how's it going? Like Mm -hmm. let's hang and getting my boss involved. And yeah, that, that just kind of showed me that maybe my it, that was what fostered and encouraged, I think, my confidence again in myself because I was being told, Oh, you're so great at this. Like, you're so personable. You're so friendly. You're like, All this stuff. And I'm like, I am not a sad person. Mm-hmm. I just was sad for a while. Mm-hmm. And so that just kind of helped me to
0: make that jump and getting into now where I'm working. Going, going from there and going from like Aritzia, how did you get into like producing and into the inter- entertainment scene?
1: Yeah. So for, that I think that it sucks, but connections and really putting your best foot forward and making an impression on somebody so that they think of you again is so important. And I had a family friend, one of my best girlfriends, this guy that she's known forever. He's been in the stunt industry for years and years. And he just texted me one day and I was so sad at that point. I really didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I'd hit a peak of retail. I didn't want to work on weekends anymore. I was just over it. And he called me up one day and just said, I have a longtime friend. She's an executive producer. She's looking for a right hand for this really cool show. I don't really know much about it, but you should meet with her. I'd love to connect you. So I met with this woman, Lisa Hennessy, such a badass. She's been working like with Mark Burnett, who's the creator of Survivor since its inception. Like she's such a pioneer for female empowerment in the entertainment industry. And I met with her and that first day she's like, Oh, I like you. Like this could work. So we're going to Fiji next year. And (laughs) so that was, that was just like one of those moments where if I hadn't made that good impression on my friend's family friend, he wouldn't have thought of me. And so that was, I'm just like so grateful still for that opportunity and her taking that chance on me. And so that was a whirlwind and showed me, I love production. I love solving problems. I love being able to find the solution when there seems to be no solution. And yeah, that was just a really crazy, cool experience. And that took that show took me into COVID. So it was the Monday before stay at home orders. And I had a team down in Chile, like in our, in Antarctica. And I was like, I need to get them out of Chile now. And basically, I'm just saying that to say that, of course, a show about international travel and a bunch of people going to a remote place wasn't going to work during COVID. That summer, a girl from Aritzia, she had been working in creative direction for digital marketing, and she was looking for a producer. And so I was able to then jump into a more corporate production structure. And that was also just like a crazy two years. I just left that job and was so grateful because that really taught me agency life is so hard. Agency life really teaches you how to work really hard but wherever you go after an agency I would recommend if you're in creative or interested in production and you can get into an ad agency it's like boot camp it's boot camp to problem solve and to work with clients and so now what I'm doing at Apple is feels harder but somehow easier because I'm only working with one client which is myself rather than 20 across the world. Right. Right. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, so for people that don't really know much about producing, I've had a guest on her name was Jennifer Gibgott. So she's produced like step up. I'm thinking like some of dear John or something. So she's done all of those kinds of movies. And she talked mostly about like the business side of producing movies, for example, could you talk about what you do as like, as a producer on the creative side of things, working for an agency versus like a large company?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So for creative production what i was doing before my role now that at an agency is everything from concepting so i would meet with a client or my boss would meet with a client and then we'd have the most fun brainstorms trying to come up with these creative ideas for ways to launch a new product to create brand awareness to like drive conversions for their sales for specific sales um and so it's really fun so you're concepting you hopefully sell that idea and then it's everything in pre-production. So it's casting, locations, refining scripts, um, and just client management. That can be a really hard thing to master, knowing how to talk them off the ledge as they're trying to throw themselves off. It's really hard to keep them back. But that that's pre-production. Production, you're on set with your crew, you staff up your director, your director of photography, and then you have your talent. And I usually like to be helping direct on set. So I'm helping our director guide our talent just because I've worked so closely with the brand and I know what they want. And then in post-production, it's refining those edits. So I feel like this is really similar to dance where you take mm-hmm. something and you're working with your team to just make it more and more perfect. And that's what post-production is. You're taking this rough draft. Maybe it's three minutes and you want to get a really tight one-minute cut and you're able to just like continue to refine and tweak. And yeah, it's, it's really rewarding finally seeing a lot of the ads that I did were for Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. And when I'd be like looking at stories and then I would see my ad pop up, I'm like, oh, cool. It's such a satisfying (laughs) thing doing that.
0: Yeah, very cool. So I think my big question is when you transitioned from like a ritzia to Amazon Prime being in the producing role, did you Mm -hmm. have any experience in producing? And how did you kind of yeah, just get started on that role? Did you kind of do some like education on your own? Or I'm just trying to picture if you didn't have any experience like on the first day and trying to figuring that out and like maybe not having like imposter syndrome if you didn't have any experience beforehand?
1: Oh yeah. Well, imposter syndrome is so real. <laughs> and I think that entertainment is one of those things where everybody's faking it until you have enough experience. So I had okay. been a PA on one set. I had gotten water bottles for people. I had gotten lunch orders for people, but I'd been on a set before. So I understood that structure, but coming into this show with Amazon, I was a baby every day was so overwhelming. And just because I felt like I was learning a new language and learning the nuances of who to, to who to go to, for what problems, what do I not tell somebody, but tell the other person, like, how do you balance that? So I think, and I, This works for any job in my opinion, but especially for entertainment, just watch, be a sponge. Like if you are on a set, you should have your eyes, try to have your eyes everywhere and see why somebody is doing something. If you have a question, ask. Sometimes like some sets that I'm on, they're like, I'm not going to give the new guy the time of day. But the new guys that does ask, ask the questions are going to be the ones invited back to the next shoot because they know that they're clearly trying to learn. Rather than saying, Oh, I got this. Like I'm not going to ask questions. I'm going to just be confident. No, like ask questions, have humility, give yourself grace. Um and so for me it was a lot of googling, honestly. I'd hear mm-hmm. somebody say a term and I'd be on a call and I'd with one hand be taking notes and the other hand be googling what their term meant so right. that I could then use it in my own vocabulary the next day and feel like I understood what it meant. So, okay. It's a lot it's it's hard. It's I feel like there isn't really a class for how to learn how to work in production. It's just
0: experience and getting yourself on as many sets and having as much exposure as possible. Okay, cool. And how do you kind of, do you have any advice people to getting their foot in the door and getting onto that set? I know it's like a lot of who you know, but like, I'm not sure if you know much about the Canadian side of things in terms of like the entertainment scene versus the US. So how do you kind of get your foot in the door there?
1: That's a great question because I think people in Vancouver are really lucky right now because there is such a resurgence, not resurgence, but such a great film culture is developing in Vancouver and it's becoming a go-to place for production. I was just up there in January shooting because you're kind of able to get what you want out of Vancouver the way that you can with some other cities. Um, And so I think that entertainment folks... Like half of them, in my opinion, use LinkedIn and half don't. I think that LinkedIn is such an awesome resource. If you're able to just see what they've worked on, get a look at their CV, look at their IMDb and just reach out to people. I think everyone loves seeing that they've made an impact or maybe like, I was so excited to see your name in my inbox on LinkedIn because I'm like, oh, clearly I'm doing something that she may see as valuable for her work. And so I would say just reach out to people and put your best face forward and ask, so many questions because that's going to get you so much further than pretending like you know what you're doing and playing it cool and only wanting to go to certain sets and not others. Get on as many things as possible, if that answers that question. No, it does. But- it
0: does. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. And what would you yeah. say kind of are the qualities that make like a good producer?
1: I think a great producer is somebody that is excited to problem solve. They're the person on a group trip who they're planning the reservations, they're organizing the cabs because they want everybody else's time to just be as seamless as possible. I, I love that, like that mom mentality on a group trip or at like a music festival when you're the one who has the water bottles and you're kind of keeping eyes on everything. (laughs) That's what I look at as a good producer. You're willing to, you're willing to go take that extra step and have that extra moment in your head to be like, okay, Do I have everything covered? And you can still keep working alongside that. It's being able to multitask really efficiently and and also have fun doing it. Nobody likes Mm -hmm. that stickler person on set who's like not wanting to have a good time or is not using like any personality on a call. Like Mm -hmm. be yourself because I think that that's going to get you so many more impressions down the line when they know that you're a really funny person or you love to cook or. You really like doing this one super niche thing on the weekend. And then that I feel like can get you so much further in a job where everything is really fast paced and the hours are long. And sometimes there
0: isn't time to talk about who you are. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like the role with your role is a lot of people talking and being a good people person. Do you ever get kind of like burnt out? Um, and how do you deal with that? And how do you take care of your mental health?
1: Yes, that is a great question. I mm-hmm. actually. I was talking to a girlfriend the other day and she was asking about my new role. And I said, I can finally listen to podcasts again, because I feel like when you're on calls all day and you're talking to people all day, sometimes the last thing you want to do is hear somebody else talk to you. So Mm -hmm. it became like, I would be driving home from set sometimes with no music because I just needed (laughs) silence. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, burnout is definitely real. I think it's really hard sometimes to step away from the work, especially in entertainment and in production, where it feels like you want to keep the train going and you don't really want to slow down. Um, So for my mental health, I have gotten really into the hot girl walk mentality, like trying to (laughs) listen to a book or like go on a walk every morning and just kind of create some space for myself. And then just finding time to focus on putting my phone away, turning off my computer and actually disconnecting instead of being like half line. So, I could be at dinner, but still looking at my phone. I'm trying to, I mean, I'm still a work in progress, trying to get better at really putting my phone away and being really engaged with people because those are the nights where I feel like I actually recharge and I'm not just lying to myself about making up for how busy I've been the past few weeks.
0: Yes, yes. And congratulations Mm -hmm. on your new role. That's so exciting. Thank you. Do you you think, like, Maddie back in college days would have believed you if you would have told her this is where you're at today? And, like, how do you think she would have reacted?
1: She would think that I was on drugs because no, (laughs) like like genuinely it's, it's still been, I've gotten back into writing and journaling recently, and Mm -hmm. it's just been a really overwhelming. I just feel very grateful for the opportunities that I've been given Mm -hmm. even since college, like the support that I was able to get. I, I just feel so grateful. And I don't know if past me even Mm -hmm. two years ago would think that I'd be doing what I'm doing now and that's just something I'm trying to stay continue to stay grateful for no matter how old I get no matter where my career takes me just continue to be grateful for the journey. So, yeah, I don't think that she would believe me but I think that she'd be pretty damn proud. So Oh,
0: hell yeah. Yeah, you should yeah. be very proud. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. And before we get into the rapid fire questions, I was wondering yeah. if you had any more like general advice or things maybe that you wish you knew before getting into the whole entertainment producing scene?
1: I think that I would try to whatever, whatever side of production you're wanting to get into, whether it's advertising, whether it's film TV, I think that the best thing you can do. And it's the most fun part of this job is just consume content and figure out what content you like and who made that content and go create these little Google rabbit holes for yourself to see if you can find the name of the person who wrote your favorite Super Bowl commercial or the production company or the agency. See if you can find those people and see their journey because I think that that can give you ideas or inspire you to see maybe they didn't have as linear of a path as you thought. Maybe they worked in a completely different industry but clearly got to a point and what experience did they get from that? I think just continuing to be curious and wanting to learn about your industry and wanting to enjoy it. like You want to create cool content or great film work or great TV work, keep consuming it, keep, keep learning and keep trying to figure out why they make such great content and how you can hopefully be making that
0: content one day. Okay. Yeah. That's really good Mm -hmm. advice. Um, do you want to get into the rapid fire questions? Let's do it. Okay. Um, what is your dream vacation spot?
1: Oh, I want to go to Australia. I've said this to my boyfriend. I want to go rent a van and do like the (laughs) entire coast of Australia for like two months, three months, and just like, just be able to sleep on the beach and just explore like the entire coastline and see that continent. I've, the closest I've been to that side of the world is Fiji, And so I definitely want to explore there or Japan. Japan definitely yes. for this Those suit. are
0: yeah, those yeah. are both <laughs> on my list. I literally said the same thing to my boyfriend but about New Zealand. I was like, let's get a van and let's just like fuck off for Please. 2 months.
1: <laughs> we can go have let's do a double date van trip. We can have some wine, you know. Yeah. Go see like the sh- the sh- what is it called? From Lord of the Rings. Oh. The Shire? The- oh
0: yeah, the- yes. I don't yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Yeah, yeah. If you're if your life was a movie, what genre would it be and who would you want to play you? Oh, great
1: question. I want to say like I immediately want to go fantasy because I love like Harry Potter is my favorite. It's my I favorite. I remember that, movie that about you. Of like, all- See, yes. that's like, yeah, I'm clearly consistent. <laughs> so love Harry Potter. So I would like to say fantasy, but I'll stick with fantasy. Who would I want to play me? That's a so great. Oh, that's hard. Okay. I'd say fantasy and then maybe like. Rihanna, honestly. I know that she oh, doesn't yeah. act, but like I just think that she's a badass. And so if she pretended to be me, that that would make my day. So yeah, that's
0: that's a good <laughs> answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is something most people don't know about you? I think for those who know me in like real life, mm-hmm.
1: I'm clearly a very like extroverted person, but yeah. I've realized I love my recharge time so much. Like I love cocooning and having my just alone time. And I think that some people would be surprised to see that. Cause I'm, I clearly love to be energetic and that people person, but find me on a Sunday. If I can just be on a couch reading with Harry Potter on the background <laughs> and some like pho ordered in that is my yeah. ideal Sunday. So definitely that I need my quiet recharge time.
0: Yeah. Totally. Um. Maybe this is a little bit more of a serious question, but what's one thing missing from your life right now?
1: No, I don't have to make it serious. A dog, a oh, dog. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. also missing in
1: my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dog sitting right now. I have my boyfriend okay. holding him in his office and yeah. he's been texting me through this whole thing. Like he hates yeah. me, just really wants to come to you. <laughs> and it's, we have to give his owners coming back today, but a dog. Definitely. I really hope that I can get a dog. Uh,
0: yes. A dog is, is definitely <laughs> missing in my life as well. Like my apartment allows for dogs. So I'm just like, when oh, can we get a dog? You need it then. Like, It's, it's ready. Like I'm ready. <laughs> you have a breed in mind. Um, I love labs, like a chocolate lab or like yes. an Australian shepherd. Um, there's like, I'm by the, I'm in kits. So I'm like, close oh, okay. by the water. Yeah. So it's like, there's a lot of space if there's like a bigger dog to like run around.
1: Oh, amazing. Yeah.
0: What about you guys? What are you thinking of a specific kind?
1: I it changes every week because it depends on what dogs I see on the street that week. Um <laughs> and there are so many dogs for adoption in LA, so it's kind of we're mm-hmm. lucky that if we wanted to adopt, we would be able to probably find a breed that mm-hmm. we felt like worked for us. Um I love border collies. Yeah. I love vizlas, vizlas, I can never say their name, but I think that they're so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um and Australian shepherds as well. I think that they're such a fun just such a fun breed. So yeah, one, okay. something energetic, mid-sized. I think is yeah. what we're looking for.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, and living in LA, I'm sure that you've had a lot of kind of maybe celebrity encounters. Have you had any like really exciting or funny ones?
1: <laughs> There's one that I can't tell a story of. Okay, um, <laughs> but actually, there is. I can I can tell one that is very funny. So at um, at a concert for Parcels, if you know that band. So a girlfriend from Vancouver had flown in and we went to parcels that night and Steve from Stranger Things was with his girlfriend in front of us. And we just decided we were like dancing so much that night and we just like could not help ourselves. And we were trying to get them to dance with us. And they really clearly were having a date and did not want to dance with us. (laughs) And we were like really invested in trying to get them to dance. So that's probably the most like I look back and I hope that they talked about us in the car ride home about how strange we were, um, yeah. but not really. I mean, the cool thing about LA is mm-hmm. you can kind of see people wherever you go, mm-hmm. but I generally am on the West side, like in Venice um, okay. or I just moved to the South Bay. And so it's a little bit more low key and not as many sightings down here. Got it. Got it. Okay.
0: Um, yeah. And two more questions. What's one thing that you're loving right now that can be like a book, a podcast, a song, a band, you know, anything.
1: This, oh God, this is really LA answer of me. I've gotten back
0: into smoothies. Okay. I know that that's like, such. Okay. A, such <laughs> a
1: I was expecting
0: thing. like matcha or like spin. So like that's, that's, on no, brand no, LA. It's
1: like, I just, it's not even that the weather is getting warmer, but I've yep. recently discovered my Vitamix again. And I'm like, Oh, oh I, I love can,
0: my Vitamix. Yeah, I, I can relate.
1: I've just been using it. And I got, so to get specific, the smoothie mm. recipe, it's a coffee, like, coffee protein smoothie. So I put like half a cup to a cup of coffee with vanilla chai protein powder and then spinach.
0: That sounds so good.
1: And so it's just like, it tastes like coffee. You don't taste the spinach, but it's helping me to like, not just have straight caffeine to my body in the morning. And so I'm right. My energy levels are a bit better. So yeah, just really into smoothies. Okay. Oh yeah, me very too. Mentioned to Erwan, so <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: okay, last question. Who are the top three most influential people in your life right now? And they can be people that you don't know or that you know.
1: I would say, okay, first would be my mom right now. She is continuously evolving who she is. And I think that I just have such like, it makes me want to cry. I'm just so proud of her always. Mm-hmm. And she has moved to so many different cities following my dad's work and raising us like four awesome kids. I love my mm-hmm. siblings. And my mom is just starting to take classes again. Like, she is taking master's classes at UCLA wow. again and also doing Pilates training. She already did yoga mm-hmm. teacher training. My mom's just, she's just such a badass. And I really am just so grateful to be her daughter. So, definitely my mom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I would also say she's been a guest on your podcast and a friend of mine for over 20 years. Natalie Ludwig is constantly inspiring me. I think that what she's doing with Conscious Co and how she's been able to balance working in an industry like modeling and Mm -hmm. really injecting it with her passion for sustainability. I just, I love the way that she's able to look at the world and look at her business world and always make it something that fits her not agenda, but her objectives in life. Um, and then, hmm. oh, you know what? Because the Oscars just happened this past weekend. I think Jessica Chastain, I think that she Mm -hmm. made a really beautiful speech talking about some really terrible laws that are going into effect in the U S and I think that she is just, it was her first Oscar win. And I just think that she took something that was a long time coming and used it for the greater good. And that's something. If I was ever given a microphone and could speak to as many people as that, I would hope that I would have the confidence and the composure and her grace to,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, say something as important as that during a moment that's really for her. She made it so much bigger than that. So I think definitely her. She that was just a really beautiful thing to see on a kind of weird Oscars 2022 yes <laughs> yes yes
0: well thank you so. so much Maddie that was amazing you know getting to know your thank story you, more, and yeah. more about you again and I'm so honestly I'm so glad that dance has kind of connected us with so many people and then we're all still like in this way connected so it's been amazing having you on and getting to you know reconnect with you
1: no it's been so it's always so cool to see what everyone does after high school you always wonder and that's one of the beauties of social media. It's been so cool to see you turn something that was clearly a passion and Mm -hmm. a question that you were asking yourself into something where now you can connect with somebody nine years later. And it feels like we're just shooting the
0: shit again, excuse my language, but. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks so much. If people can like wanna follow what you're doing or see what you're up to, can you do wanna plug yourself or where they can find you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't really post anything on Instagram. I would say I'm always looking for more LinkedIn followers um sweet but yeah I would say if you want to go watch World Stuff is Race on Amazon Prime video that was a show I worked on in 2019 2020 and is my baby I love it um and then any Facebook or Instagram ads that you see that you want to send my way Matt slaver on Instagram so <laughs> yeah nothing really nothing really else but just stay tuned for cool things coming from Apple so hopefully you'll see my stamp on that work soon.